Well, hello there, friend, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach podcast. I am so glad that you decided to join us today. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoption profile expert. I help hopeful adoptive families create, edit, and share their adoption profiles with expectant families so that you can match faster. I do this by giving you step-by-step resources to help you all along your adoption journey. So let's dive right in. When it comes to self-matching your adoption, leveraging one of those profile matching sites is becoming increasingly more popular of an option. However, if that's something you're considering, you're likely struggling with two questions. Is it the right choice for me? And which one should I use? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to break it down. We're going to walk through a step-by-step decision guide to help you decide whether or not it's the right option for your adoption. And in a second, I'm going to give you a few tips to help you make sure you're choosing the right one for you. If you haven't taken a moment to subscribe or follow the podcast, please take just a second to do so. All you have to do if you're listening on an Apple player is click the three little dots in the top right-hand corner and hit follow podcast. It costs you nothing, but I sure do appreciate it. Okay, so before we dive into deciding whether or not a self-matching site is the right option for your family, let's first take a second to talk about what that even means. So a self-matching site, when I say that, I'm referring to those companies out there that allow hopeful adoptive families to answer some questions, and that becomes your profile on their website. Then what they do is they're advertising to expectant families, trying to get them to come and consider families on their website. The goal behind these matching sites is really to match expectant families with hopeful adoptive families without using an advertising agency and other means like that so that you're really self-matching your adoption through the use of these sites. Now that we're on the same page, let's talk about what the alternative to that is. So if you are self-matching and maybe you want to do this on your own without the aid of those sites, you would be using organic ways or free ways to get more people to look at your profile, whether that be on Facebook, whether that be in real life, or whether that be on a website instead. So if you're wanting to replicate that model of what the self-matching sites use, what my clients often use is a combination of social media and a website. And they're trying to get people to look at those particular elements together as consideration of their profile instead. Okay, so now that we understand what the actual differences are between self-matching sites and doing it on your own, I want to answer the question that I received from Alicia inside of our community that really inspired this episode. Her question was, what are the pros and cons of using a self-matching site? What should I be doing or not doing? And really, is it worth the money each and every month? So I think that's really the crux of the question here is, is it worth the money each and every month? Now, I will tell you, there are people out there that have definitely matched through these self-matching sites and they've done it quite affordably. Now, but there are others that haven't matched through these self-matching sites and they've matched through other means when they were self-matching. It really comes down to what are you the most comfortable with and really what makes the most sense for your family. So as I promised, I'm going to walk you through a kind of a decision guide so that you can determine what's the right fit for you. And then if you decide to move forward with one of these self-matching sites, I'm going to give you a few things that you need to look out for 
just to make sure that you are choosing the right one for your family. Okay, so now let's walk through the decision guide so that you can determine whether or not self-matching sites are really best for you. So the very first question you need to ask yourself is, do you understand what a self-matching profile really is? So a self-matching profile is a profile that you are creating and sharing with expectant parents yourself in order to be considered. Now, I know that may seem like, okay, got that, but here are some examples of what a self-matching profile really is. And this is based upon what my clients see that work the best for them. So the very first element that they use in their adoption plan or adoption marketing plan, if you will, is a Facebook page that's specific to their adoption. We work on a specific list of questions and content that we create that's informed by what expectant parents are looking for based upon my conversations with them so that they have a real clear action plan of what to use. The second element that they're using are Facebook adoption groups. They're posting in adoption groups and other non-adoption groups also, I should say, where they're sharing kind of a mini version of their profile. And they're responding to opportunities that get posted in those groups. The third element that my clients are seeing success with is their standalone website. So you could think of this as, you know, sarahandjohnadopt.com. And on that website, that would just be your deeper profile content that's a, a click more information about you than what you can readily share on your Facebook page. And then the last element that my self-matching clients really find success with are those in real life elements. I've had a client match via a flyer that she posted in the laundromat. I've had another client match via a postcard and a brochure that she sent to a church. So you just never know where those opportunities and connections might come from. But in order to determine whether or not a self-matching site is a good investment for you, the very first question you have to ask yourself is, what type of profile elements am I comfortable using? And would this be an appropriate mix or an appropriate element to go in my overall uh, marketing plan that I'm using for my adoption? I know the concept of a marketing plan or a, an adoption outreach plan may seem a little foreign, but trust me, my friend, there are other episodes coming up and we'll walk through that a bit more in detail, but it is something that's really important because when you're not using an agency, you have to put yourself in the driver's seat of how you're sharing your profile and you need to be really clear about what elements really will make an impact in your journey and what elements won't, okay? So the second question that really kind of ties directly into that is, do you know how you're going to get people to look at it? How are you going to get people to look at that profile that you built in step number one? So the main difference between a self-matching adoption journey and a private adoption journey using an adoption agency is when it comes to your profile, is that you are actually the one in charge of getting people to view your profile. So you see, when you're working with an adoption agency, they are spending money to attract expectant parents to their agency to consider using their agency to place their child with. And then those agencies are actually then using your profile as a submission to those expectant parents for consideration. But when you're self-matching your adoption, your number one job is to ensure that people are seeing your private adoption profile time and time again, 
so that you can be in the consideration set. Now, there are free ways to do this, also called organic marketing, and there are paid ways to do this, which obviously is exactly as it sounds. You're paying, you know, someone to share your profile on your behalf. Those paid ways can come through uh, ads on social media, ads on Google, or even these self-matching sites. So my recommendation that, you know, kind of in a nutshell there is that you're in charge of making sure that you're getting the most amount of eyeballs on your profile each and every month. And your profile takes many forms, right? It could be your Facebook page. It could be a standalone website. It could be one of these self-matching sites. It could be a flyer in the grocery store, all of these different elements. But your job on a monthly basis is ensuring that you're getting as many qualified people to see your profile. Okay. So um, when you're really thinking about this, there are again, a multitude of ways where you could be doing this on your own, or you could be using one of these self-matching sites to do it. It really comes down to whether or not you feel comfortable doing this on your own or getting help from a profile expert or getting help from one of these self-matching sites in order to make sure you're getting the most amount of eyes on your profile each month. That's the most important element there. And then the third element within the decision guide, if you will, on whether or not these self-matching sites are, are worth the investment is what level of support do you need? Now, I'm going to be really frank and honest. There is the the opportunity to do all of this 100% on your own every single month. But if this is not your zone of genius or an area where you feel like you can really dive into and that really understand the ins and outs, then there are varying levels of support that I would recommend that you get. Using one of these self-matching sites could be the first step for you because it may seem more affordable and budget-friendly than um, maybe going and spending thousands of dollars on your own without really understanding how Facebook ads work or how all of these other elements that could potentially drive traffic to see your self-matching profile more uh, on a regular basis. Or you could work with a profile expert like myself. I work with my clients to create actual profile elements, the actual copy and the content that are going to go on their Facebook page, on their website, on a flyer, on a brochure, etc. And then I give them the exact step-by-step process to follow to get traffic to those sites in both free and paid ways. Now, an element in that journey could very well be a self-matching site. You just have to determine whether or not that's the right element for you based upon your comfort level and honestly, also on your budget. That does play a role. Okay, so if you have made the decision that using a self-matching site is a good way to get additional eyes on your actual profile, there are a few questions that I would encourage you to ask yourself when you're determining which site is right for you. Okay, so the first question I would ask of any profile site that I was considering using is how many expectant parents sign up with them a month? So that way you can get a real understanding of are their outbound marketing efforts to expectant parents really generating anybody that would potentially be a match for you coming in and looking at the site? The second question I would ask that's a kind of quick follow-up to that would be how many matches are they making per month and how many adoptions are actually finalizing from those matches. So you really want to dive deeper into understanding 
the opportunity of each of these different sites and how many people are they getting in to look that are actually qualified uh, folks that are actually expectant parents looking to place a child for adoption. And then how many of those are actually converting to an actual finalized adoption? When you think about it from that process, it's you can really begin to lay them up side by side and do a comparison. And I know that you're going to have to just trust them on their sites, or excuse me, trust them on their metrics that they're sharing with you. But I would lean in and trust them because you can always validate through those Facebook groups. But those are really important questions. How many expectant parents are signing up on their site? How many um, of those are actually matching? And then how many of those are actually resulting into finalized adoptions? The next element that I would be considering whenever I'm looking between those sites is how much granularity can you get into the traffic each month onto your particular page? So what you're looking for is how many people came to your page that were confirmed expectant parents and not just people looking at it because it could be whomever, it could be other hopeful adoptive families looking at your site. So you want to see on your particular page, how many expectant parents came and looked at your site or your page, and then how many people are looking at the overall site in the month. So let me just give you an example. So if you were looking at um, johnandsaradopt.com, your own website, you could see how many people were actually coming to the website each month. Then you could actually see how many people went to the contact page of johnandsaradopt.com on your own website. So you want to look for the equivalent on those self-matching sites. How many people came to selfmatchingsiteA.com and then how many people came to selfmatchingsiteA.com backslash John and Sarah so that you could see the differences between the two. That would give you some sort of indication of whether or not people are seeing you, whether or not you're showing up in searches and whether or not they're getting to that site, to your page. And then you could determine whether or not your page content really is meeting what expectant parents are looking for. All right, so the very last question that I would ask these self-matching sites is whether or not I can drive traffic directly to my page. So self-matching site a.com backslash Sarah and John adopt. And once I get to someone to that page, are they going to have the ability to click directly to see another hopeful adoptive family? And that capability will vary dramatically between the, you know, the popular self-matching sites out there. And you have to determine whether or not you are comfortable appearing in that environment. Now, this can be a definitely a slippery slope as it relates to ethics, but you have to make the decision that's right for you. And you don't have to share that decision with anyone else, my friend. So you have to decide whether or not you want someone to have the ability to click left or right and see another profile after you've spent time driving people into that site. And whether that be, you know, something that you've put up on a flyer, something you've put on a social media post, or that you've created an ad and driven traffic to. But let's just be real clear that when you get to that page, or when they get to to your page, they could click once or twice and be seeing other hopeful adoptive families. And so that's a question that you have to really be comfortable with in order to determine whether or not this is the right approach for you overall, but also how to determine whether or not this is the right one for you. 
Well, there you have it, my friend, a step-by-step decision guide to help you determine whether or not self-matching profile sites are the right thing for you to leverage in your private self-matching adoption and a quick set of questions to ask yourself and to really filter to put those self-matching sites through to determine which one is right for you. You may have more questions after reviewing and listening to this content today. And if so, friend, remember, I'm just a message away. Head on over to the My Adoption Coach group and feel free to post a question there or send me a DM. Remember, anything's possible with the right plan and support. And I've got your back every step of the way. I'll see you soon, friend.